0: Alright Well here we are <laughs> Happy New Year
1: Yeah Happy that's New facts Year. What's going on guys Happy New Year Welcome back You know what it is We back at it Like a crack at it You know
0: what I'm saying So
1: You know, gotta finish the year strong. Yeah, yeah. With the catchphrase,
0: we're we're a little, little tired. It's been a long year. Yeah, to say the least. We're limping into 2021, to say the least. I mean, it's been um, wow, it's been really tough. Thank you, Dangerfield Newbies, one more time for our intro and outro music. There you go. Uh, We appreciate the creativeness of this group and for them um, working with us and being a part of this podcast, Boomer and the Millennial. I'm Reggie the Boomer I'm Ramon the millennial. Okay. I didn't know if we were going to do it And now. this is Oh Boomer and the Millennial. And the Millennial, Yeah, okay <laughs> I didn't know I didn't know if you were going to Introduce yourself or, No, I was you Trying know. to figure out The right time to do that So, okay. you know but yes, welcome back, guys. And um, we hope that you had an opportunity to tune in during our uh, Christmas special that dropped on Christmas Day. Yeah. Since then, we are back. But anyway, we can. We actually know what we got for Christmas, so we won't go into that. But I'm happy. I, I thank you. I, yeah,
1: I'm pretty satisfied.
0: Yeah. I, you know, I got some gift cards. I really want to thank my sister for giving getting me the K Supreme Curig. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's pretty cool. It is Yeah, that's like honestly
1: probably one of the best gifts you've ever gotten
0: yeah yeah. you know it, where the old Keurig puts one hole in the cup this one puts like five it's yeah. like oof.
1: and for those of you who do not know um, if there's one thing to know about my father is that, um, he loves coffee. As a matter of fact, I'm almost certain he would sell his firstborn son for that Keurig that he got for Christmas. So thanks, Aunt Regina. Uh, I get to stay, um,
0: <laughs> and we got the Keurig anyway, so. Just call me Juan Valdez. You have no idea, dude. Yeah, I don't know. I was, yeah, you, <laughs> you got a boomer, a boomer moment. <laughs> I think the fact you that you want, even made that a thing. Um <laughs> you want me to explain to you want Juan, yeah. Juan Valdez? Well, there was a commercial uh-huh. about coffee. And I don't know which coffee it was, you know, okay. some anyway. They talked about the fact that the coffee bean was picked yeah, by yeah. Juan Valdez. <laughs> I'm serious, that was a commercial. <laughs> so, Oh, you think that's what? So every time people think about coffee, there's this is Juan Valdez. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I like that. They showed him, you know, and he had this hat on, this sombrero. Right, right. right. Wow. Okay. Yeah, he's carrying his donkey, and he had like the. Uh, the coffee beans Are you serious <laughs> I'm dead serious You know I'm pretty sure That worked pretty well For marketing though Yeah oh, I, I like that well, Because a lot of people Didn't even know Where coffee came from right, like, right, oh, It was right, a right. bean Yeah <laughs> So right. this was before Grinders and all of that You know You bought your coffee And it was already Grinded up oh, Put in yeah, a percolator Yeah You know You don't know What a percolator is But No I know What a percolator yeah. is I'll show you this. We have one in, in Savannah You know At the, the house in Savannah Oh okay You know Your parents their grandparents Had a percolator And uh, anyway, but yeah, just call me Juan Valdez. Yeah. So thanks. And I get to stay. (laughs) You get to stay. Happy new year. Um, this is our happy. This is our new year episode. It's also our get out to vote episode (laughs) as well. If you guys don't, if you guys didn't realize what was happening, um, our
1: neighbor is having a little get together For <laughs> right, New Years right. And uh, it's sounding like the very beginning of This is How We Do It by Montel Jordan Like if you know that song It starts out with
0: like just people talking in the background yeah. That's what it sounds like over there right now Which is like the opposite of our old neighbor Where we used to like yeah. Have to do we, we threatened to do like health checks Yeah we <laughs> didn't
1: we, There would be times where we didn't know if the guy that was living there before our neighbor now—if he was alive or dead—you <laughs> yes, wouldn't like, see him for days. And then, like and when we did see him, he looked like he, looked was, like he was halfway there. Like he was—he <laughs> was halfway there,
0: guys. Yeah. So, so now we have a neighbor that we she's don't have very to, lively. We don't have to worry about whether if jail. she's right. dead or alive. She's yeah. very much alive. Yeah. Uh, anyway, you may hear that as we come to you from the Boomer and Millennial Island. And Eddie, you cannot go yeah. out the door. What, what? What is it about you to? today why is it that you have to like be acknowledged on this eddie particular... wants a lot of attention tonight for yeah. some odd reason yeah I, don't know. I mean it's like
1: he's scratching at maybe the door maybe he feels to... the anticipation of new year's and like you know there's gonna be yeah. fireworks later and oh
0: yeah that's gonna really um you know tensed up yeah yeah so maybe that's that's what it is but we do have a very special guest on the show today uh, for you it is um, emory wright and emory comes to us from project south Mm-hmm. And uh, this is all part of our get out to vote. This will drop before uh, we in the state of Georgia has, have to vote for our Senate runoffs between uh, Leffler and Warnock and, of course, John Ossoff and uh, Purdue. Yes, sir. And I will tell you that I am just so impressed by the number of people that have been going out to vote. A matter of fact. You know, we stood in the line uh, as long as the line we stood in when we voted for their presidential election. You know, it, it was it, it's really been encouraging. I mean, everybody yeah. ha, has been getting people to get out to vote, even even in the strip clubs.
1: Oh, yeah. But they were they were playing that for <laughs> was, the presidential
0: election. Really? I, yeah. I saw it for the first time I was like, yeah, get, get your, your booty. booty to the polls. <laughs> just, only only Atlanta would do that. Only they, Atlanta. Only Atlanta. Okay. No. What do you think about that? That's pretty cool. Um.
1: I don't know I think it I think it reaches a larger audience Mm -hmm. a larger community you know what I mean shout out to them that's what it's all about you know especially if especially if it was more than one strip club and they got together and they were like you know we're gonna unite you know what I'm saying So like Magic City you know some girls from Magic City or some girls from the Blue Flame you know or any any other strip clubs that are here in Atlanta yeah we
0: we don't know it. we just know about not like I would
1: know about (laughs) any of them or but, what their names are. Exactly. But, you know, I think it brings, hey, as long as it gets people out to vote and there's real change, then that's all that matters. And yeah. I think it works.
0: Yeah. I, I, I support it. I, I'm um, really impressed by that. And we just continue to hope and pray that the outcome is a positive one, which is really, really needed Yeah. as we go into 2021. But we'll see. We'll be reporting on that. Um, I can't help it. That's my journalism part, you know, reporting. We'll be talking about it, definitely, Yeah, in podcasts to come. We wanted to share our discussion and talk that we had with Emory Wright. Emory Wright is co-director of Project South, an Atlanta-based movement building organization that was founded under the name Institute for the Elimination of Poverty and Genocide. Wright is active in youth development and organizing and is founder of Youth Speak Truth Radio. It's a, a youth-led program on public affairs. Wright is also the founder of the NEA Project, a black youth development organization that began in 1998 and active from Boston to Atlanta as a Project South co-director. Right continues to implement movement-building action through local, regional, and global outreach, and it's a great grassroots program. Uh, it's been around a while. They've done a lot in black radio, and they're a boots-on-the-ground organization when it comes to mobilizing individuals, especially young people. Hmm. So we're hmm. really happy to talk to Emory about that process and how uh, they were actually able to help turn Georgia blue. So, Emory, can you talk about the history of how Georgia really cuz for what I've been hearing, this is like a almost 20-year kind of thing that's been going on and it kind of culminated with Stacey Abrams running for governor and then this kind of, you know, this was sort of the next step. So, is that how you how you see
2: it? Definitely, you know, and it's it's a pleasure to be on this program and 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 discuss um some of what's going on in Georgia because I really feel like the the whole story just you know is hard to capture in a soundbite, and so a lot of the news that we get um, is in soundbites. But but programs like this really allow us to kind of go deeper into um, into what's really going on behind the headlines. And 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 that's exactly right. We have um, really over twenty years of, of hard work, um, consistent. And uh, very visionary work that's been happening throughout the urban and rural South here in Georgia, and that's really what what did culminate on election day with with turning the state so-called blue, and and really that that blue-red framework is one that is used again as shorthand to understand really a, a deeper um, situation. This. Mm-hmm wasn't as much about uh, if blue represents the Democratic Party and and red represents the Republican Party. I think this was really about uh, a sort of consciousness raising and and, um, connectivity work that's been going on in Georgia. It's not about either political party, but really it's about what's in the interest of most people here in the state of Georgia Mm -hmm. and and most people on election day said, uh, Trump is not in the interest of most people, and, and so voted him out of office. Yeah. And, and that's what this so-called blue state thing really represented. But, but yes, you had grassroots organizations like Southwest Georgia Project that really started in the 1960s. If you look at any electoral map over the last 20 years, you'll see this little blue dot down in southwest Georgia. And it, it could be, mm. you know, yeah. anybody could wonder why that is. Well, it's because of forty years of grassroots organizing by Shirley Sherrod and Charles Sherrod and the whole crew down there um, doing doing that organizing work. And and so, you know, this was the result of some long term organizing work that really, you know, just made the difference in this election cycle.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's interesting. Uh, so I think media has been uh, has played a huge part and I think in in some of the you know more major elections, especially this year, you know with like Twitter and I mean the news you see the headlines and you hear the sound bites and everything how do you think media will play a part in in this upcoming election do you feel like it'll have a huge role in this election or do you feel like it's maybe not so much compared to maybe the presidential election and some of these other you know other elections that have been
2: going on I think so I you know I, I think it will play a, hopefully a big part in getting people to turn out. You know, a lot of the the news stories today have focused on how difficult and challenging it is here in Georgia to get Uh, voters to turn out for runoff elections. And Mm. that's true. And so I think one, one aspect of media that's very important is, uh, whether social media or, uh, radio, um, you know, internet radio podcasts, and also just regular terrestrial radio is when you're, when you start to hear some of the same messages, when you turn on your radio in Mm. the car, when you, um, turn on, you know, your, um, your favorite podcast, when you uh, go into your social media and you see this sort of echo of of some of the same messages Mm -hmm. everywhere you go, It just really does help reinforce us to do what we want to do, which is go out and be a part of making some real powerful and positive changes happen. But the effect of media to create that sort of positive echo effect um, to just remind us about what's at stake, um, that we really do need to go out. And everybody's got to make some sacrifice to get out there and vote, whether they vote early or on election day. But I do think, yeah, media is going to hopefully play a big role in this again, in this Election as, as you're right, it did in this uh, national election.
1: Yeah, because I've definitely seen a lot of commercials and ads. If it's not on TV, it's on YouTube. And, you know, mm-hmm. I watch YouTube on my PlayStation. I watch YouTube on my phone. You know, so you are kind of getting different ads, commercials and, and things like that for the runoff election. You know, kind of anywhere you look on social media as well, I'll see stuff. as So, yeah. I guess it is kind of playing a huge, a, a much bigger role, I think, now than in years before. Um, but how how important do you think this Runoff election is
2: well. It's it's critical. I mean, um, definitely in terms of the the makeup of the Senate, and uh, we remember, you know, um, for those of us who lived through it, or or who just you know remember from recent history, when um, the Obama administration came in to office, there was just so much resistance from the U.S. Congress to uh, passing any of his agenda. Mm-hmm. There was um, just a, a huge clamping down on all of the possible policy agendas that he was trying to implement um, in that first hundred days. And so um, that could that we could have a repeat of that in this in this Biden-Harris administration, where because there's not a majority in, in the U.S. House or depending on how things go here in Georgia in the Senate, there could be this sort of legislative stonewalling of any sort of progressive policies or or just hoping to roll back some of the regressive policies that were implemented under the Trump-Pence administration. And so I think that definitely in terms of the, the senatorial makeup and hopefully having Vice President Harris be a tie-breaking vote or a majority in the Senate could be decisive. But I think it's also important just because we want to Prove that this wasn't a fluke on on election day. That we can come out even during a runoff and really show the power of collective action at the grassroots. So all these policymakers, whether they're Republicans or Democrats, know that they have to hold themselves accountable to the will of regular, everyday people. And um, and so that's you know the turnout's going to be big, but also what we're able to keep momentum going after the election of this runoff is also going to be a big emphasis, certainly for Project South and for many of the organizations working year round around civic engagement. We have to come out in stronger ways than we ever have before, really, uh, because stakes are higher than they have been before.
0: Uh, I wanted to ask you about Project South and the, the Southern Movement Assembly and grassroots organizations that are really working together. But before we get into that, with this being such an important race, so much, money being pumped into Georgia. Everybody's looking to come to Georgia to do whatever. I know Andrew Yangs has moved here. How does that really have an effect on on what you guys are doing at the grassroots level?
2: You know, you're so right. I mean, it's, um, it's one of these things where could become a real big opportunity for grassroots organizations, but there's mm-hmm. also a lot to be concerned about. Just like when people move into neighborhoods that uh, maybe have been marginalized financially for many years um, in a way, you know, Georgia has been marginalized in, in many ways at the national level. Um, but when people do that at the neighborhood uh, level, you know, sometimes we call that, that whole process gentrification. And And I really do feel like there is a sort of gentrifying threat or concern mm. that we have to pay attention to as people move in from out of state, saying, "Oh, you know, um, we we're here to help," but not respecting all of the people that have lived here, that have been working here, right. and that really have a plan that clearly worked. I mean, our our plan worked in this last election, so I think we should we should be trusted and respected as as Georgia organizations, as Georgia leadership to really be at the forefront of decision-making in terms of how these lands roll out uh, towards the runoff election. I also think there's a, there's a huge opportunity for people given everything that has been sort of pushed to the forefront through this whole Black Lives Matter reckoning this year, Uh, with young people coming out on the Mm -hmm. streets and just saying, you know, enough is enough, not only about police killings, but just about anti-Black racism in general. I think we have an opportunity now uh, because of of all that courageous work that primarily young people, but people of all ages have been taking part in um, over this summer to really say, okay, well, how can Black Lives Matter in terms of how uh, we enter into the state of Georgia? How can we make sure that we're looking at black owned um, firms to Mm -hmm. do polling? How can Mm -hmm. we look at black owned um, companies to contract uh, if we need photography uh, support or Mm -hmm. video editing support? How can we not just go to our friends of a friend um, Mm -hmm. who might be just part of the same old, same old, how can we really work hard? And we used to call it affirmative action. How can we take affirmative action <laughs> yeah. to say, let, let's let really uh, look for Black-owned or mm-hmm. Latino-owned companies to contract with instead mm. of just going to what's easy or convenient, because right. what's easy and convenient could be reinforcing that old anti-black racism that we've been dealing with for generations here
0: yeah and it's going to be interesting to, to see how that plays out in the end uh, when we go back and start you know looking at this and all the money coming in where did it go and who actually benefited from that that influx of millions and millions of dollars how do we hold them accountable to make sure they do that or can you
2: Well, I think, you know, um, uh, to this earlier point around around media and sort of some of the new opportunities with social media, I do think we have an ability to highlight things in real time uh, through social media in a way that we didn't before. So I think we should all uh, pay attention to how we're seeing money move and and really highlight it on on media Mm. platforms. Mm -hmm. Um, To say, look, these are some organizations that really had a lot to do with this last um, electoral victory and need to be supported now. Um, I think we can use social media and and new media to do um, some of that, not to necessarily call people out, but to um, to really inform uh, them. Yeah, inform in real time, uh, what the needs are and what maybe some missed opportunities we can already see. And then I think it's going to be up to us as as um, Black-led organizations here, as people of color-led organizations here in Georgia, to just do what we can. We're not going to be able to steer the, mil- the hundreds of millions of dollars, you're right, that are going to be spent. But how can we try to advocate for uh, getting some resources and then spreading those resources around in a way that sort of raises the ground for all of us mm. here riding on the grassroots. And so uh, again, that's something Project South is really um, working with our partners to do is to get some resources here for this short-term election, but invest it in our partner organizations across the state of Georgia that are doing good work towards this election and are going to be doing good work after this election. And And so really need to be invested in.
0: Yeah. Mm. well, let's talk about Project South and not just what you're doing for this election, but you know what the organization continues to do, and a little bit about the. And I, I read about the, the Southern Movement Assembly, uh, a consortium of grassroots organizations in the South, and uh, you guys have kind of put some plans together. And how, how does all of that work? Because I think people say grassroots, yeah. and they get excited, and they go, "Oh yeah, we have got a grassroots effort, and we got a right. great." But most people don't understand what that means. They they you don't know, know. yeah they don't right. know how it works right they know it means that people on the boots on the ground yeah it sounds good yeah <laughs> you know sounds
1: organic sounds right. very you know rooted right you know for the mean? people yeah like, yeah
0: people but they don't really know what's going on so and the work that goes into it i think too so can you That's speak right. a little bit about that from the project south perspective and what you guys are doing
2: definitely and and it's right you know it's again one of these um sort of buzzwords or sound bites that that loses meaning sometimes in in the sound bite and Mm -hmm. so i I appreciate the question because for us grassroots organizations just really are organizations that represent community people living and working and and going to school uh every day Mm -hmm. and i think the distinction between grassroots organizations and other types of organizations are really um in the makeup of organizations so grassroots, it can mean a lot of different things. I think a lot of our uh, fraternities and sororities are part of the yeah. grassroots. Yeah. Um, they are They are organizations represented by people living, working, going to school. Uh, certainly, um, our community centers, our, our social justice organizations, our Civic organizations, you know, for for many times, and and I know um, this mostly from from a sort of historical point of view. But until the grassroots social movements were able to um, end what's commonly called sort of Jim Crow, but what really could be called apartheid mm-hmm. um, in this country in the 1960s and 1970s, until. Until that time, a lot of what today we call grassroots were just the organizations that existed in the Black community. Some were a church organization. Some were fraternity or sorority organizations. Some might be an association of teachers. These organizations come together across their their individual purpose for a collective purpose, and that's when you have a movement. Mm-hmm. And so for Project South, we think that movements yes there um there's an aspect of history where you can't plan around how movements develop but you can plan around how people are connected and organized together and that's really what the southern movement assembly is about it's saying how can we as grassroots organizations knowing that can mean lots of different things come together make plans and implement those plans together across our our individual purposes. And so, um, and for us, that is really the building blocks of social movement. There's a lot of different thinking about how change happens in this country, but for Project South, when we look at history, it's hard to see any big moment of change that wasn't the direct result of social movement, grassroots power building. You could be talking about legislative civil rights, uh, landmark legislation like the Americans with Disabilities Act. Right. That was out of a disability rights movement. You could talk about of course the the civil rights acts of the of the mid-1960s and that of course was was the result of of grassroots social movement so with the southern movement assembly we really are trying to build together those connections and it's easier said than done there's a lot of reasons not to connect but we believe that the two or three reasons to connect outweigh all those reasons not to connect because through connecting at the grassroots we really can Make major changes happen, and we have before, and and we hope to continue to uh, in the years to come.
0: So, looking at it from a practical perspective, how do we get people? Our people, people yeah. in the community. I mean, because there's so many people. There are more people that are not registered, I would imagine, than are yeah. registered. Case in point, point, uh, uh, 600,000 people or what I forget the number were registered to vote. Right. Over half a million people, which is a great thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So how do we continue to build those roles? And what are you guys doing for that? Because it's all about people who can vote and getting them out to vote.
2: That's right. Well, and I think those car clubs and, and motorcycle clubs are, are a really good example of again grassroots organization. It's there, and um, the, the only thing that isn't going to naturally happen is that type of organization connecting with different type of organization that maybe, like Project South, is is involved with a voter registration or get out the vote drive. And so, you know, we we think that these types of connections are really powerful because people do anything from a place of sort of um, their own passions, what they, what they care about, and uh, and because of people they're connected with and they're in relationship with. And so what we're really trying to do is is sort of a multifaceted approach. One, we have a project that we call the Black Radio Project. And so mm-hmm. through the Black Radio Project, we produce public service announcements that go out on different uh, Black-owned, primarily radio stations throughout the Southeast. And, and here in Georgia, we're gonna be really um, promoting Uh, public service announcements about why we need to just get back out and vote in this election, again, just to be part of that sort of positive echo that's happening Mm -hmm. in media. But the elections aren't won by TV ads or or radio ads or even yard signs. Elections are won because of grassroots organizing. And so Mm. that means getting out and talking with people face-to-face, or Zoom to Zoom or however mm-hmm. we need to do it in the um, in the uh, midst of this pandemic. But it really is direct communication, talking to people. Somebody might say, look, you know, I don't vote because I don't think any change happens right. uh, through voting. And that's a valid perspective. Yeah. We got to engage that. You can um, I could I could talk to a person like that and say, OK, but in this election, Do you see how if we were able to turn the U.S. Senate in a way to move some policy changes um, that will impact your life, do you think maybe in this election it would be a good chance to go out? And again, they might say, well, like what what sort of policy is going to impact my life? And then we we could get into a conversation about health care or we could get into a conversation about uh, police violence, Damn. but but you or,
0: you or a stimulus check,
2: right? <laughs> stimulus check, you know, which we all need. And um, but but again, it's gonna. It's going to be more than a sound bite. It's going to be more than a 29-second PSA. It's going to be walking up to the brothers and sisters in that motorcycle club and saying, um, "Let's talk about it and mm-hmm. let's share ideas and and ultimately let's try to move forward in this election in a way where we can do it again and um, and and sort of get the job done, so to speak, in this in this election season by maintaining some degree of power and knowing that that's just one thing. That's mm-hmm. not everything, and so I, you know, we don't tell people we think voting's going to change the whole world. It's right. one thing, yeah. but it's an important thing, and in this election, it's particularly important here in Georgia. So we really, we really are encouraging and are part of this sort of grassroots organizing, person to person engagement, mm-hmm. um, and and that's really what turns people out at the end of the day.
1: Yeah. So what do you, what are your hopes for the next four years, or even further down the line, in regards to Grassroots organizations and how that affects people voting and, and getting out to vote. And also just, I guess, maybe the results or what the results could look like after the runoff as well
0: for the yeah. next four years. Yeah. Starting with let's hope starting with the runoff. Well, starting well, with the with the presidential election. Right. Right. Continue to build on that.
2: Well, for us, you know, it's really an, and it's part of our work in the Southern Movement Assembly. It's part of our work with partners here in Georgia. Project South really believes again, that change happens through social movement. Here in the 21st century, I think what's going to be really important, certainly for the next four years, probably for the next 10 to 20 years, is how can grassroots movements both participate in the existing political frameworks that exist, which have a lot to do with elections and policy change, Mm -hmm. but also start to build and create Alternatives at the grassroots Um, and and it's happening all around us, but a lot of times it's not happening because of everyday people coming together and making it happen. Um, it's happening because maybe through business entrepreneurs coming up with an innovative idea or in medicine, you know, somebody coming up with an innovative idea. Mm-hmm. But I think the real hope and opportunity for Project South is how can we as everyday people at the grassroots work together to transform our reality, regardless of what policymakers want or are willing to do. And so an example of that is is something we're working on in our neighborhood called the Mutual Aid Liberation Center. Mm -hmm. We we are in a community that has suffered from persistent poverty for generations. Mm -hmm. We're in a community that has suffered through every disparity that you can imagine from healthcare to education, violence. We have a lot of problems and Mm we have again for a long time. Well, over the last few years, we've built this mutual aid Liberation Center to organize our local community and say, regardless of what the city council is going to do, or regardless of what the governor is going to do, what are things we, we can, can do, do right here in mm-hmm. the neighborhood without asking for permission or or help even from anyone else? Mm-hmm. What are things we can do together? And, and we're doing it. We've created A community garden that produces produce and feeds people who are Mm. hungry. Mm. During the pandemic, we've passed out hundreds of boxes of food to community members who um, just don't have access to um, enough nutritional food. We've been able to create a a COVID-19 education and testing site right there in our neighborhood. We did it before um, that was happening across, oh, across the city. I remember,
0: yeah, yeah.
2: Um, and it's because of that level of organization that we've been able to build. People contributed to it, but the point is we were able to, to make it happen on our own. And I think that's what we got to do at the community level. That's what we got to do at the statewide level. And that's what we got to do at the regional level here in the U.S. South is just make the world we want for our children, mm-hmm. for our families, for our elders at the grassroots. If we want to have more uh, relevant education, we're going to have to yes, push for policy change at the at the school board right. for curriculum change. But how can we create? our own educational initiatives for young people right there. Right in the the
0: community, community. yeah.
2: Those are some of the things that we're working on. So it's kind of a dual approach. We we sort of work the policy and the existing reality that we're in, but we don't stay there. We Mm -hmm. also try to envision and create new forms of of a future that's going to be hopefully much more beneficial to life and and people being able to pursue and meet their mm-hmm. dreams than this current reality that we live in yeah. today
0: and and as a buy-in there's a buy-in by, by doing that and you can see it right there in front of you yeah. you know if you've got educational you know deficits and but you you build a a community center or, or like you like you said where, where people where, or, you know, kids can come in mm-hmm. after school and, right. and do those kinds of things and partner with organizations because I think that's one thing that is so important are, are these partnerships. Everybody, sometimes when they want to do good, they want to kind of sprint out there and do their own thing and, and then when somebody else down the street's doing the same thing, they almost become competition. Yeah. And that just, that Whereas just blows they should my be mind. Teaming up
1: and, <laughs> right. and you know,
0: partnering you know? <laughs> up and, and you can make more happen that way, I Yeah, think. if you're doing good, how can you be in competition for doing good i mean right. it's just i don't know just, it defeats just, the purpose right, it just baffles me so emory uh, speaking of project south how can people learn more about project south support project south and the efforts that you guys are doing
2: definitely so project south yeah we we've been around since 1986 we're about to have our 35th anniversary year oh, actually. congratulations um, and um, really excited about that of course you can you can find out more information on our website which is uh O-R-G. We're also at Project South ATL on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a Facebook page. Um, and so, um, but we're also located at nine Gammon Avenue in, in Southeast Atlanta, mm-hmm. Georgia. And although right now we've, we've sort of closed the office for um, regular programming and operating emergency programming due to the pandemic, and the sort of public health needs at this moment, you know, generally speaking, we encourage people to just stop by, you know, yeah. um, mm-hmm. and, and visit us down there. And anybody who wants to get involved, please contact us because there are ways you can get involved uh, just right from your home. Um, mm-hmm. if, you, if you don't wanna go out um, because of the pandemic, there's ways you can get involved right from your home.
0: Did anything else, uh, Emory, any, any parting words before we, uh, before we before we close out?
2: No, just um, you know, great, great to be on the program. I think programs like this really um, do a lot. Or I was just saying about how we got to create our own tools here at the grassroots, and and that's what this program is doing: is creating our own media platforms. Um, it's one thing to to consume media, and it's another thing to create media. So mm-hmm. y'all are Y'all are creating media and it's hugely valuable when it addresses political topics or cultural or social topics, whatever the case may be, it's a huge contribution. So thank you both so much for what y'all are doing. All right, man. Take care. All right, gentlemen. Have a good one.
1: Okay, guys. So, um, you know, we just wanted to thank Emery for being a part of the podcast and letting us have that discussion with him. And I think we learned a lot about not only his organization, but just grassroots organizations in general. So it's just a lot of good information there. Yeah. Uh, Stuff that I didn't know before uh, talking with him. So So please um, go out and vote. Yeah. we already showed it with
0: Biden, you know? Yeah, exactly. So um, go out and vote people, please, please vote, make a plan to vote. The only thing you got to do now is actually go to the polls uh, to make a difference. So I want to remind you that we are coming back in uh, the new year. Later in the new year, we've got some shows lined up and we hope that you will continue to subscribe wherever you enjoy your podcast. Yeah, Apple, Google, Spotify, Spotify, Podbean. (laughs) <laughs> I know you like yeah. Stitcher. So we thank you. We ask you to join us on social media. Go to our website, boomerandthemillennial.com. Connect with us. We really appreciate that. We are working really, really hard yeah. to make this special. Yeah.
1: We got some stuff on
0: the way. So you don't know, sound, just wait on it. Don't sound so excited
1: No, I mean, I'm just, I'm just chilling.
0: You know, pretty soon we started this, what, in March, April?
1: Yeah, it'll be a year.
0: It'll be a year.
1: It's crazy. Wow. Yeah, you probably know. in like
0: April yeah so that's pretty cool, yeah we're actually able to keep this going, I know, and we got make do, improvements, yeah, and then we got to do like a, we got do something special, yeah yeah we yeah, we have to do that on our anniversary, oh, one thing real quickly you got for Christmas was the uh boomer millennial oh yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: so <laughs> guys we got our own mouse pads uh yes. and mugs as well yeah so yeah. that bi- was a gift that i got for christmas yeah. Yeah. and business cards oh and business cards yes yeah,
0: that's yeah. probably yeah. the most important part yeah right so we uh we are getting legit here yeah yeah, yeah. In, in 2021 yeah you know what I'm saying merch on the way <laughs> yeah right but thank you so much for joining us for being a part please stay safe wear yeah. your mask social distance happy new year uh, happy new year the vaccine if that's what you want to do get your vaccine <laughs> we just want you to be safe and uh, we want you to continue to be able to uh hear us and enjoy us and yeah. uh you know
1: of course you could still do that if you have COVID, so you don't want oh, lose true. your sense of hearing <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's right. So, yeah, if you right.
1: if you aren't being safe, still listen. Uh, yeah.
0: If you are being safe, still listen. Right. So, right. Right. anyway, do the right thing, folks. We'll get through this. We'll get through it together. But we got to be smart, and we got to look out for one another. This is facts. You're telling me to wrap up, aren't you? Yeah, okay. you're just I, repeating yourself. Just, <laughs> but it's cool. All right, guys. Okay, be boom. safe. <laughs> be Happy
1: safe. New Year. Happy New Year. We out. Peace.